Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Wild night in the NBA. Great job, John Fass, on the updates. Basically, your updates are Adrian Wojnarowski and Sham Sharania's Twitter accounts. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. Fun first two hours. It's going to be a fun next two hours. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to go to bed when I get off the air because the news just keeps happening. We know now D'Angelo Russell's going in a sign-in trade from the Nets to the Warriors. We don't know what's going from the Warriors to the Nets. And Andre Iguodala is now a Grizzly, but he might get bought out. And then there have been 27 other stories. I loved reading this guy uh, when he was in Chicago covering the Bulls. He does great work, and I love talking hoops with smart people. You can follow him on Twitter at Hyken, H-I-G-H-K-I-N. His name is Sean Hyken. He covers the NBA primarily for Bleacher Report. Kind enough to join me during NBA Free Agency Madness here on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Sean? Sean Hyken, are you there, my man? All right, well, I cannot hear Sean or he is not there. So we will uh, keep it moving until we can establish a clean line. Hey, Sean, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, lovely. I don't know if the technical end was on uh, my end or whatever, but I apologize for that. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. (laughs) It's been a little bit of a hectic day. Yes, it has, and I apologize for the rocky start there. What uh, obviously KD and Kyrie teaming up in Brooklyn is the biggest news, but what to you is the most interesting news? Well, just this stuff that's just broken in the last hour of uh, D'Angelo Russell going back to Golden State in a sign and trade. I'm kind of interested to see how that fit is going to be uh, with. Uh, you know, in, in, with him in Golden State, because you know, you put him with Steph. I mean, it's a short-term solution for obviously Clay Thompson is going to now be out most of the year. But what's going to happen when Clay Thompson comes back? Is Clay going to play the three? Like, how's that going to work? Is it going to be Steph Curry and Monte Ellis all over again? Like, like it's it's just so surprising. And I feel like the Warriors are the team that now has so much respect among players in the NBA that anyone writing them off when those injuries happened to KD and Clay were misguided. Like I, I feel like the Warriors are going to be relevant for years and years to come just because of their willingness to be creative, to spend money, to pay the luxury tax, and that sort of thing. Well, they certainly are going to be relevant for a long time. They're going to stay interesting. I don't know what the real window of uh, of contention is out, but you know, once this current core is is is, is kind of gone, it's not like they have like young up and coming guys. Like their roster is still pretty top heavy, and I mean, I know D'Angelo Russell is a little bit of a younger guy that's uh, now that's now going to maybe maybe kind of position himself as the heir to the throne once Steph Curry and Clay Thompson are are done. But you know, he had a nice year in Brooklyn, an All Star type of year, but he is not as good as either of those two guys. No, absolutely not. I just think that they are a team that is going to be relevant one way or another uh, because of creative stuff like this. Like, no one saw this coming. Everyone thought D'Angelo Russell was plan B for the Lakers, and now if they don't get Kawhi Leonard, I have no idea what they're going to do. 
Do you have any read on Kawhi and what that, how that's going to play out? I don't, and I think anybody who says that they do is lying, and that's kind of been the case. Where Ka- Kawhi is just such a hard guy to read because he just he's never really been big in terms of like talking to the media or really letting people into his circle at all or give, giving anybody an idea of what he's going to do. So you really could tell me, you know, if you told me he goes back to Toronto, I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. They just won a championship. They're going to run it back. If you told me he's going to go to the Lakers, you could say, okay, you know, he wants to team up with LeBron and Anthony Davis and really basically just run the Western Conference and maybe run the NBA for years to come. He wants to go to the Clippers. Maybe it's because he wants to go back home to L.A., but he doesn't want to team up with and be seen as they're teaming up with somebody else. Like, you could talk me into anything, any, any of those scenarios happening. Let's say Kawhi Leonard signs anywhere other than the Lakers. Clippers, Raptors, surprise team, whatever the case may be. Do you consider the NBA then wide open next year? The NBA is wide open right now no matter what. I mean, even if he even if he goes to the uh Lakers, like you would think they would have to be heavy favorites on paper, but they still have to build the rest of the team. When you look around the rest of the West, uh you know, I love what Utah has done this week, getting Mike Conley in a trade a couple days ago with Memphis and then signing Bojan Bogdanovich and Ed Davis today. Like that, that They're going to be right there. Portland is still right there. They just made the Western Conference Finals. Denver is still right there. Houston, for as much as we've kind of heard about some of the dysfunction behind the scenes, that team is still incredibly talented on paper, and you would think that they'll be able to put it together and be right there in the mix. And then, you know, both L.A. teams are, are going to be interesting. The Pelicans are going to be – like, even even if Kawhi does go to the Lakers, like, the, the whole West is going to be interesting. And then you go to the East, and, you know, what Philly did today is really interesting. I, I, don't, I don't know if they necessarily got better. I maybe would have kept Jimmy Butler if I were them, but they're going to be interesting. Uh, the the uh, You know, if Kawhi stays in Toronto, they obviously have to be considered the favorites, but then Milwaukee are keeping most of their guys – like, like – there, this is really, I think, because of the way the whole everything ended with the Warriors, where now you know they're not, they, they aren't seen as like this inevitable juggernaut that everybody has to go through uh, in order to even, you know, have a shot at contending. Now I think everybody is going to be talking themselves into, okay, now we actually have a shot. I hope you're right. His name is Sean Hike, and he covers the NBA for Bleacher Report. I'm certainly rooting for an era of NBA parody because it's been a league that's been dominated so much by dynasties. But if Kawhi goes to the Lakers and they have three of the top five players, it's going to be tough for me to pick against them. In terms of a plan B now for the Lakers, what would it be? How would you spend that money if you were building around and trying to support LeBron and AD? You're saying if Kawhi doesn't go? Yes, exactly. Because I mean, obviously, if you get Kawhi, you don't care about depth, right? It was the same thing with the Warriors. You 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 right. get Kevin Durant, you give up your depth. You get Kawhi, you give up your depth. Let's say Kawhi is a Raptor or a Clipper. Now you've got to spend the Lakers cap space to try to maximize whatever's left of LeBron's prime. What are we doing? That's a really really good question because as time goes by, you know, it it, it sounds from what from what it sounds like and from what I've heard. He hasn't even met with teams yet, so this might, this process might drag out until Wednesday or Thursday at the earliest in terms of when he might uh, make a decision. And obviously, if you're the Lakers, you're holding all your space open in order for for uh, to, you know to be able to sign him if he were to decide to sign with you. If by that time, pretty much any of these other, you can name a whole lot of the you know. There's a lot of guys that have already kind of gone off the board that would have been good fits for them. And you know, if if it, if free agency drags out three or four more days before they have a yes or no from Kawhi. You might already be looking at guys like Danny Green and Patrick Beverly and any anyone else you might name who's you know in those second or third tier of free agents just already come off the board and they, they I don't know what they're going to do it's going to be interesting they better they really better get Kawhi at this point or else they're going to be kind of scrambling to put some pieces together. 
So, all right, I want to get back to Philly then for a second. Because Kawhi is the big domino that still needs to fall, but Philly is fascinating to me. They, they lose Jimmy Butler. They keep Tobias Harris. They pick up Josh Richardson in a sign-and-trade. And, trade, and uh, all of a sudden, they also end up with Al Horford, which no one was talking about until then it happens. You said you don't know if they got better. What's your, what's your concern? Well, you saw how much Jimmy Butler just carried them in the playoffs. And I, I, I get that there are concerns about signing him long-term, but if I were them, I would have rather signed him to the five-year max than, I, than Tobias Harris, just in terms of what they were able to do in the playoffs. Uh, I'm really not sure who their go-to guy to, to get a basket in the playoffs is at this point. And, you know, they, they lost J.J. Redick, who has been such a reliable shooter for them over the last two years that he's been there. And they still they don't really have anybody who can shoot. They don't really have a lot of play like playmaking outside of Ben Simmons. I'm just like I think they have a lot of talent on the team, but I'm still not any more uh, feeling great about the fit uh, with with all those guys together than I was with this current team last year. Yeah, no, you you make a compelling point. I just look at it as Jimmy Butler clearly didn't want to be there by forcing it this way, right? And you're, you're right, you, you could have maxed him and you could have given him the Tobias Harris money, that's true, but at least you get something instead of nothing. And Joel Embiid dominated for stretches when he wasn't healthy. And he's been hurt his whole life, it seems like. But if Joel Embiid is healthy and Richardson and Harris are your shooters and assuming Ben Simmons ever can, you know, shoot a free throw and has that type of range, I don't know that there's a team that's more talented than them in the East. Well, but then they were, they're kind of running into the same problem that they had last year, though, where they, they're, they're so top-heavy. You can say they arguably, just on paper, have the most talented starting five in the NBA. But what is their depth situation like at this point? Losing J.J. Redick was huge. You know, Josh Richardson, who they are supposedly picking. And here's, this is the other thing. Like, we still don't know what the whole deal is going to look like because, you know, there were some, a whole lot of moving parts. Like, Dallas was going to get involved, maybe take Goran Dragic to make the money work between Philly and Miami. Now it seems like that's dead, so they might have to find another – Partner, like there's still so many moving parts in the air, but I'm still really worried about Philly's depth and the fate of their starting lineup together, even though they have a lot of talent. In terms of, you know, you're, you're a guy you like to look at film, basketball breakdown, X's and O's. Like, give me, give me the fit of, you know, new face, new place, that sort of thing, where you're like, man, from a basketball perspective, you know, Brogdon and Oladipo, really interesting. Uh, Rubio running with Booker and Aiton, really interesting. What from like a dorky basketball perspective interests you a lot from uh, these new these news day items today? I really like Bojan Bogdanovich in uh, Utah. I just think that's a perfect fit. They, you know, he's a guy who can he can play both forward positions. He can shoot. He can spread the floor. I think he's a an upgrade over Derek Favors at that position. Who it looks like is headed to New Orleans, but uh, and you know you combine that with they they made a massive upgrade at point guard last week with Mike Conley. Like that that team, I think is really interesting. Anything on the other side where you're like, that's just it's not going to work. I can tell you this right now, it's not going to work. I'm not really sure what Orlando is doing, honestly. Like they like they were a, they were a seven seed and they made the playoffs for the first time in seven years, which is great, but. You know, and, and, and I mean, I'm happy for Nikola Vucevic. That's a good deal for him. But you know, then you run it back with Terrence Ross, gave him 54 million over four years, and then you sign Al Farouk Aminu, who's another long wing. It's not a great shooter. Like I just, I don't really understand what the plan is there. What about the Knicks? Any takeaway? You know, it looks like they just signed Bobby Portis since you've been on the air. Oh, so really? it, for how much? How many? How many? How much? And how many years? I didn't see that. Who reported that? What? What? what, what it literally two minutes ago, Woj uh, says free agent Bobby Portis agreed to a two-year, thirty-one million dollar deal with the Knicks. Hmm. 
hmm, that's less than I thought he would get. But I mean, okay, they're they're going, they're going, they're doing just going big because they signed him, they signed Taj, they signed uh, Julius Randle. Uh, I mean, I guess they're just kind of collecting guys at this point. I'm, they, they, I mean, they're obviously the big losers of today in terms of they came into the day thinking they had a shot at getting Kevin Durant, and now they're they're really looking at. It. I mean, I mean, good for Bobby. I'm glad he got. I'm glad he got paid. I like Bobby. I covered him with the Bulls, but that's that's interesting. Yeah, I, I like Bobby too. I'm glad he got paid. Although knowing Bobby, he's probably disappointed that he didn't get more. Um, it feels like the Knicks are just saying, okay, we struck out. We're not going to sign any long-term contract here, right? Randall, three years. Taj, short-term. Bobby, short-term. It feels like they're just kicking the can down the road to me. Right, and I think what they should be trying to do is that they should they should have done what Memphis just did. They should have said, "Hey, Golden State, you guys really you guys need to unload Andre Iguodala to uh, to get to uh, to get this D'Angelo Russell, Kevin Durant sign and trade done. We'll take uh, we'll we'll take his contract off your hands, and you give us that first round pick that you gave to Memphis. Like they should be out here looking to to do stuff like that, try to get draft picks, get young players by renting their cap space out. If they're not going to do anything. And instead, I mean, none of these guys that they've signed, you know, Bobby, Julius Randle, Todd Gibson, none of those guys are bad players, but, like, what's their plan? Like, what are they building towards? All right, so let's go here. A couple rapid-fire things. Favorite for the championship as of now is who? Uh, Where are we assuming Kawhi Leonard goes? So you think it's, okay, 100% dependent on – let's assume Kawhi Leonard – so if, if he's a Laker, it's the Lakers. Let's say Kawhi Leonard goes back and defends the title. He goes to Toronto. Then I think Toronto has to be considered the favorites to win the title. I mean, you, you, they're pretty much going to run back the same team. You saw Marc Gasol already opted in a few days ago. So it's going to be pretty much the same team. And I really am hard-pressed to say, okay, this, you know, this team just won a championship. And now, uh, you know, there's all this other weird stuff going on with these other teams in the East. Kevin, the, the, the Nets are going to be good down the line, but they're probably not going to be a real title threat next year because Kevin Durant's not going to play next year because of the torn Achilles. I would say, I would say whichever team, Kawhi, if it's the Lakers or the Raptors, I would say whichever of those two teams Kawhi Leonard goes to is probably the favorite. Milwaukee loses Bron- Brogdon, but Giannis is going to get better. They also obviously lose Nico, who chooses to play in Europe. How much better or worse do you expect the Bucks to be next year? You know, I think they'll be about the same. I, th- I mean, the thing that people forget, like, obviously, when the uh, Malcolm Brogdon uh, Indiana offer sheet happened uh, this afternoon, honestly, that feels like it was, like, t- like five years ago with how much stuff has happened since then. But, uh, you know, there was all this talk about, oh, the Bucks are cheaping out. The Bucks are just, just got so much worse. There's no way they're going to be able to contend again. People forget they made the George Hill trade and the Miritich trade during the season, and they also I, – I don't know the exact details of the trade yet, but they got a pretty big trade exception, I think, from uh, uh, Indy for, for Malcolm Brogdon. And so I think if they were really you know, concerned about Malcolm Brogdon's medicals and didn't want to pay him that much money, they have some flexibility. They can still add a couple of guys and, get, and stay under the luxury tax. And you know, they brought back Chris Middleton. They brought back Brooke Lopez. I think they'll still be right in it. And then last thing that I'm interested in with Sean Hyken of Bleacher Report, follow him on Twitter, at Hyken. How do you think New Orleans is doing building around Zion Williamson early on? So far, so good. I mean, if there was one concern that we had with the pieces that they had gotten, it's like there, there just wasn't a whole lot of shooting between Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, uh, some of these other guys that they've gotten back in, this, in, this, in, uh, in that deal and then some of the guys they've drafted. J.J. Redick obviously solves that problem in a big way or at least helps with that. So they still have a couple of other moves to make. You kind of saw that Derek Favors is uh, maybe headed there. A couple of reports said that. Uh, you know, he he could be on the verge of heading there. That's another good veteran big. Like they're they're doing some interesting things. I think they. I don't know if I would necessarily ready to pencil them in as a playoff team, but they're they're interesting. They're, they're worth keeping an eye on.
at Hyken on Twitter. Read what this man writes. He knows basketball from the X's and O's perspective and covers the league very well. Sean, thank you very much for spending some time on Free Agency Day, man. I appreciate you. Always good to talk to you, Danny. Thank you. That is Sean Hyken with us on CBS Sports Radio. Lines are open. We will go to New York uh, coming up in about 40 minutes for a man that is going to want to tee off on the New York Knicks. You will hear that in 40 minutes. But, hey, man, it's our world. It's the NBA's world. We're all just living in it. This is a, it's a beautiful league. I know people hate it, but I don't get it. It is reality TV. It is unscripted drama. It is ego. It is machismo. It is player power. There's no team sport anywhere where the player has more power than the NBA. And these guys are flexing their muscles all over the league and their influence. And I'm being a little bit of a social media detective, and we might have solved the Kawhi Leonard mystery. We'll get into that coming up. It's the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio. This is the Danny Parkin Show. Thank you for hanging out on the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio, radio.com sports. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is 855-212-4227. It's brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Thanks to Sean Hyken for joining the show. The more I think about it, the more I think that Kawhi Leonard's going to the Lakers. And there's little social media things that are starting to leak out. Like Ricky Davis said it was happening. Trevor Booker recently tweeted Kawhi to the Lakers and a frowny face emoji. Those are the types of people that for some reason you'd be like, oh yeah, they're probably friends with a friend of someone and they, they heard about it. But Remember when he was unhappy with the Spurs, Kawhi tried to force the Spurs to trade him to the Lakers. He wants to be in Southern California. That was always the belief. The Clippers went hard at him thinking they could get him. Then the Lakers got LeBron. Then they got Anthony Davis. And now all of a sudden with creating the uh, extra cap space, they could go get Kawhi Leonard. I would love an era of parody. I think there would be way less of it if Kawhi teams up with LeBron and Anthony Davis. There's a re- there's a weird world where LeBron could be the third best player on the Lakers. And we don't know how much LeBron will slip when he slips. He's still in his prime. He was 27-8-8 eight, and eight before he got hurt. So he's still great. But he's not playing much defense. But if you get Kawhi Leonard and Anthony Davis, who along with Giannis are two of the three best two-way players in the entire world... LeBron can coast a little bit on defense. For this stage of LeBron's career, Kawhi and AD would be the two best players you could possibly play with because they bail him out on the defensive end and obviously are immensely helpful on the offensive end. So if Kawhi goes to the Lakers, it'll feel unfair. But I'll be honest, it'll be wildly interesting and we'll have a new team to hate. And I think they will be the overwhelming favorites. Not quite on a Warriors level, but... All that hate for LeBron will come roaring back. People will start accusing uh, LeBron of paying Kawhi and AD under the table. He'll give Kawhi a piece of his Beats by Dre money or his Blaze pizza money. Anthony Davis is going to get like a $6 million check for a cameo in Space Jam 2 because it's LeBron's world and we're all living in it. No word yet on where he's going. Rumbling starting to leak out to make me think that uh, Lakers are the favorite, but... We'll see as the uh, 
days goes on because he's apparently meeting with teams early this week and Kawhi's not going to have a decision for a couple of days, but obviously that could change in a moment's notice. 855-212-4227 is the number. Talking NBA free agency and just living and reacting to all this crazy news that's coming in on the fly. Thomas in New Orleans, you're next on the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Thomas? Hey, man, enjoy the show. What a night, huh? Yeah, hey, it's been amazing. If, you, if you're a hoops head, this is about as good as it gets. No question. Laissez-faire. Buyer beware. I think what um, I, I think what Golden State has done with D'Angelo Russell is really a shrewd move. If Clay can come back healthy, and what I mean by that is if it was just the ACL and not a meniscus or a cartilage issue, he'll be fine. Bring him back to the playoffs. They want to play positionless basketball, right? They want to put five three-point shooters on the floor. They switch anything. I think this is a shrewd move. Play Clay at the three, play Clay at the four, play Angel. Doesn't matter. They switch everything on defense, but they want to put the five three point shooters on the floor. Now, say this about KD. Look at sports. You've been doing this a long time. And think of some of the injuries you've seen with the Blackhawks, the Bears, the Bulls. When you rupture your Achilles, I'm sorry, you don't come back as, as the same player, and you're going to need load management. You know, which, by the way, let's be real, which, by the way, uh, Coach Popovich invented load management. Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, he did. But here's the thing: man. The, the Nets are not going to be a contender to win a title this year. They were a good team. They added Kyrie. They add KD. KD will be rusty if he plays at all this year. But the Nets are positioning themselves for 2021 and beyond. For your Warriors point, I like the idea of getting D'Angelo Russell because adding more talent is good. But man. You're going to have D'Angelo Russell, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and you won't be able to afford anything else. So I hope they come back healthy. They'll be fun. They'll be exciting. But I'm not sure. I, I think that's another team where this year isn't going to be the Warriors year. This year won't be the Nets year. I think both of those moves are setting up those teams for 2021 and beyond. But now if Draymond Green, now Draymond Green is going to have to be a third scorer. And he's going to have to be consistent, control his maturity and his temper. All right. He's got to be the third scorer, either him or Russell, on any particular night. Okay. And if they do that, I think they can, I think they can, can get to the finals again if Kawhi doesn't go to the Lakers. If Kawhi goes to the Lakers, it's all over. But I think when Clay comes back, and like I said, if it was just the ACL, and not the meniscus or the cartilage, because the meniscus and the cartilage would cause you all the problems. That causes the swelling, the arthritis, et cetera. But just the ACL, he's golden. And if you put those four guys on the floor, all right, I, I, I think they could. I think they could run this a little longer. I'm, I, that guy from Vegas who said this in the dynasty is crazy. Okay, I think they could take that. But but you know, once again, if Kawhi goes to the Lakers, all bets are off. They're the hands-on favorite, assuming. Assuming Davis can stay healthy. Because think about all these max guys, right? Think about Clay, ACL, KD, Achilles, AD. He's had injury issues, right? Listen, I mean, injuries are the great equalizer, Thomas. I got to let you go. We're up against it. But obviously, injuries are the great equalizer. The Lakers will be the heavy favorites if they get Kawhi, but they will not have depth and they will have injury concerns. The rest of the league, you've seen it. Teams are making moves that are hyper-aggressive because they think 
this thing is wide open, both in the Eastern Conference and in the NBA overall. If Kawhi leaves Toronto, the East is wide open. And then the Lakers will be the heavy favorites, but we just saw what happened to the Warriors, and the Lakers will be more susceptible to injury than the Warriors were because of age and previous injury history and a lack of depth. So even if Kawhi goes to the Lakers, the league will talk itself into, hey, we can get to the finals and then see what happens. I think realistically, the Lakers will deserve to be just about as heavy of favorites as the Warriors have been the last couple of years, but it'll be new and exciting and different, and it'll be incredible because this league and the drama never sleeps. 855-212-4227. We can go through some of those Eastern Conference teams that'll be wide open if In fact, Toronto does lose Kawhi Leonard. Plus, take more of your calls on winners and losers in free agency and whether you're rooting for parity or a new super team to hate in the Lakers if they get Kawhi or Kawhi goes somewhere else. 855-212-4227 is the number. This is the Danny Parkin Show. And I very much appreciate you listening. Thursday night at 10.30 Eastern, 7.30 Pacific. Make way for what's next when CBS Sports Network brings you a WNBA showdown between the Atlanta Dream and the Minnesota Lynx on the 24-hour home of CBS Sports. Wild, wild start to NBA free agency. News still trickling in. 855-212-4227 for all of your reaction. We go to New York to talk Knicks and Nets in 20 minutes with a diehard Knicks fan who, uh, yeah, He's going to have something to say. My man, John Jastrzemski, joining us in 20 minutes, who uh, wants to get some takes off, and he doesn't have enough outlets to do it, so we're going to let him do it here. But if the East is wide open, let's just say for the sake of discussion for a moment that Kawhi is going to go to L.A. Let's say he goes to the Lakers. You could put it as the Clippers, whatever. Let's say he's going home. That the most logical explanation is the correct one, that Kawhi's always wanted to go home. He's a California kid. He bought a house. He wants to be in L.A. The Bucks are the favorites in the East. They have the best player in the conference in Giannis. They won the most games last year, but they lost Brogdon and they lost Miritich. The Raptors would obviously take a huge drop. They won the second most games this year, but they'd be without Kawhi. Philly, which was a 51-win team, loses Jimmy Butler, adds Al Horford, brings back Joel Embiid healthy, Ben Simmons with whatever additions he makes to his game this offseason, and adds Josh Richardson while retaining Tobias Harris. I think Philly and Milwaukee are at the top with Boston right behind him as a huge wildcard team. Because while Kemba is a little worse than Kyrie, he might be better for the locker room, but you lose Horford, who was the best part of that locker room. But Tatum and Brown will now have more responsibility to continue to develop. And Hayward was much better at the end of the year than he was the first three and a half months. So Hayward will get back to playing like the all-star that he's been. And we know they've got great coaching. So I think Boston is right there. Indiana has an amazing backcourt in terms of versatility, defense, athleticism. Brogdon and Oladipo is the making of a really nice team. 
not to mention plenty of other complimentary pieces in a 48-win team last year. So Indiana is interesting. Obviously, they were involved in the T.J. Warren trade with Phoenix. Like they, they've reshaped their team and are being hyper-aggressive, taking on salary and going for it. The Nets playoff team last year is a six seed, adding Kyrie and KD eventually. It's wide open. There's still plenty of trash below that. Knicks, Cavs, Bulls, Hawks are going to be better. I think the Hawks have a real shot to be a playoff team next year. Miami's got a shot to be a playoff team next year. And then the rest of the East isn't that good. The West, damn near every team in the West can make an argument for the playoffs. Like Memphis can't make the playoffs and Phoenix probably can't make the playoffs. New Orleans could make it. Dallas could make it. Minnesota could make it. The Lakers, Kings, Clippers, Spurs, Thunder. Yeah. Every team in the West except Phoenix and Memphis could make the playoffs next year. And Phoenix got Ricky Rubio and Memphis got John Morant. So it's not like it's completely helpless there because Phoenix still has Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. But the West is ridiculous. One through, call it, call it 13. The East is still top heavy, but wide open. Like the difference between Milwaukee and Indiana, that's not that large of a gap. If that's your one through six, it's going to be a fun, fun year of parody. And I'm still, I'm still cautiously optimistic that Kawhi doesn't go to the Lakers, even though the tea leaves are saying that he is, but we'll see. If he goes to the Lakers, there's a clear favorite. If he doesn't, the league is truly wide open. Bob in Toronto, I imagine a big Raptors fan, wants no part of Kawhi going to the Lakers. What's up, Bob? How are you? Good. Um, where to begin? Wow. Like you said, it is a reality TV with, uh, you know, today with what's going on, all these contracts. At the beginning, I was going to call about, you know, a couple of these contracts, which I'll mention, but um, and I want to talk about Kawhi a little bit here, but Boy, oh boy, I mean, ever since the uh, NBA truly, their salary caps started rising, some contracts are just, like, you look at some of the stuff even signed today, like Tobias Harris, five years, $180 million. Let me know how that works out come year three, you know? Was it Middleton who got at 187 in Milwaukee or something? I 178, I think. Yeah, I mean, again, let me know how that one turns out. You know, I mean, you can go back to last year with Chris Paul. I mean, but. Well, those guys are not as old as Chris Paul. Right? Middleton, Middleton, I believe, what is Middleton? 27, 28? This is the thing, man. So the Middleton deals, yeah, Middleton's 27 years old. You got to look at the Middleton contract as, okay, you're overpaying for what he is, but he's the second best player on the team that won the most games in the East. And if you lose Middleton, you probably lose Giannis. So you have to pay Middleton what he's worth. Down the road, a little story that some people may not be aware of, of a connection that he has to Masai Jiri. Um, but the, the Kawhi thing, uh, I'm sorry. I mean, you mentioned a couple of guys who threw out a couple of tweets earlier. Trevor Booker and somebody else, I've already forgotten who that was. These guys, no offense, they're just... I mean, if the, if the tweets 
sort of came out from a Wojnowski, a Ramona Shelburne, or a Brian Windhorst, then okay. But you've already kind of made a case that the West is loaded. I mean, the East is open. Well, but hold on. And just, just in fairness, before you keep going, I mean, Chris Broussard said he thought the Lakers were the front runner. Chris Carter, who you can laugh, say he's a football player. He's been reporting on Kawhi Leonard for the last 18 months. He is very tight with the Kawhi Leonard camp. He's saying that the Lakers are going to be one of the finalists. Like, I, I, I'm not making it up that the Lakers are considered to be the favorite or among the favorites for Kawhi. Well, I, I would still think it's a, I, I honestly think it's still a two horse race with Toronto and the Clippers. Um, I mean, you mentioned if he stays in the if he stays with Toronto, it's it, he they're considered the favorite, you know. And I'm trying to say this without wearing my Raptors hat here, you know. But I mean, you've kind of made that case anyhow, right? Um, I'd be shocked if he. I like. I'd be shocked. I'd fall off my chair if he went to Lakers. Truly, I do. Somebody but why? I mean, he's he's from California, and it's the best way to keep winning. I get it, but. You know, I think Clippers makes a little more sense. He'd be the guy on the Clippers, not necessarily the guy on the Lakers. Somebody on NBA TV earlier tonight that I was watching throughout the night made a good point. I wish I remembered who it was. He said, if he goes to the Lakers and they don't win, he said, LeBron's not going to get blamed. He says, AD probably doesn't get blamed. He said, it's going to be Leonard who gets blamed. He said, so why would he want to sort of take that on? That Now, that was his view. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I mean that's listen. That'd be the first time in the history of LeBron James that he doesn't get blamed for when things go poorly with his team. I've got a different view on him, but the one thing I was going to make about uh, you mentioned Giannis earlier, and I know this is two years out, but just for fun, I'm going to throw it out there. And people around here have heard this story uh, quite a bit. Masai um, Ujiri, obviously being of African descent, um, was the one who. Um, helped him and his parents get a visa to get into Greece from Africa. So there's a big connection there. So in two years out, who knows what will happen, but kind of just kind of keep that in mind because, uh, you know, if he doesn't resign with Milwaukee next, the way they're handing out money now, why would he resign with Milwaukee in the next two years until he had free agency? It wouldn't make well, sense. Well, I mean, okay, and listen, great call. It was fun to talk to you, Bob. So good luck to uh, your Raptors going forward. The Supermax. The Supermax would be why. Giannis has been loyal to Milwaukee so far. He's won in Milwaukee. They've built around Milwaukee. He is embraced in Milwaukee. They have a new arena in Milwaukee. And they can offer him more money than anyone else. I think I saw today that Giannis will be eligible for five years, $248 million next season, after next season. So that's why he would stay in Milwaukee which is why they had to keep Lopez, which is why they had to keep Middleton, which is why it's tough luck that they lost Brogdon. Like they, they need to pay a luxury tax and show that they're willing to keep Giannis. Cause if they lose Giannis, they're screwed because that's not going to be a free agent destination. But if you are willing to pay the luxury tax and you draft well and you win and you can play with Giannis, then you're going to, you are going to be a destination for veterans who want to go help Giannis win rings. So, I am hopeful that the Bucks can re-sign Giannis because I think the league is better when fan bases and cities can become truly attached to superstars that are homegrown and they are drafted. Now, if Giannis wants to go play in Toronto or L.A. or whatever, it's free agency. It's obviously his right. I am pro player on this stuff. But I personally will root for Giannis to stay in Milwaukee because they've done everything right so far. 
The Thunder did not do everything right. The Thunder sold low on James Harden because they weren't willing to pay the luxury tax when they had Harden, Westbrook, and KD. So far, the Bucks have done everything right. New arena, huge marketing plan, winning his team in the league, paying a luxury tax this year, retaining top talent, upgraded at coach. He's gotten better every year. Milwaukee is on the cusp of having the best basketball player in the world on their team. Because I think that's what Giannis is the MVP, but most people would not say he is the best player in the world. If Giannis comes back and has a good three-point shooting season, which I absolutely think is in his arsenal based on the last 30 games or so he played this year, he is going to be the best player in the world. Whether that's next year or three years from now, he's going to hold that title. And when you draft that guy at 15 years old, when he's 6'9", and he turns into this, you can't lose him. Because if you lose him, you may as well fold your franchise. Like Charlotte losing out on Kemba Walker is a bad look. But Kemba's never going to be the best player in the world. Giannis is. Milwaukee has to do everything they possibly can to keep him. Tons of calls that we'll still get to. Tons of stories. The big winner and loser are both in New York. John Jastrzemski, terrific radio talent and a diehard Knicks fan, joins us for both perspectives from the Big Apple. Next, Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 